This is the 101st edition of the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. The offseason officially begins. The Memorial Cup is over and we're ready to go uh, for what should be a pretty good summer in the Ontario Hockey League as we look forward to late August, early September to get the new season underway. But some things to discuss before we officially begin our off-season schedule. Of course, we are now switching to every two weeks on the show until we get into that second last or last week in August, and then we'll then we'll be back to full time. But yeah, once baseball is done, once like the baseball season, yeah. like the OBAs and stuff are done, yeah. then it's a lot easier. Then it's a lot easier to record every week, and plus there's more content coming out, and it's not like talking about random things. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Oh, yeah, it's a fun but, one this week, though. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on. Of course, we're going to recap the Memorial Cup uh, with the Hamilton Bulldogs, unfortunately falling in that final game to the St. John Sea Dogs. Of course, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about that. Uh, we'll go over some headlines from the last two weeks. We'll basically the basically the Niagara Ice Dogs trade a uh, window. We'll call it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And they got some they got some news coming out, so yeah, that's exciting. Uh, what else are we going to get into? OHL awards, uh, we will chat about, and then I think something fun to end the show and kind of kick off the summer is just one final thought on the season by each of us. Ooh, like like interview, like you know, like getting quotes because that's been fun. We've been interviewing each other there. We've had some uh, quotes yeah. that come out, but yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. We'll it's finish one. with one final thought. But first, uh, we will start the Memorial Cup out east in St. John. Of course, Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, Schwinnigan Cataract, St. John Sea Dogs, and the uh, Western champion Edmonton Oil Kings all went at it for the top prize in Canadian junior hockey. Was the hosts winning the tournament? <laughs> and there's a lot of debate going on around Twitter about if that's right or not. And I think it's tough to argue something when it just happened in 2017. And, you know, you just start bringing it up again. So well, okay, it's happened before. So why do we expect anything less? It's kind of like happened, but um, it's kind of like your prototypical Maple Leaf excuse, you know, when the Leafs lose, oh, it was the refs or. Hate, yeah. you know, I hate to give a dig to a team like that, but like, but I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, like you know, when it just feels like if, like if Hamilton would have won, it wouldn't have been a discussion because a couple years ago, it was before. Well, remember before Windsor won, it was the excuse why the host teams are so bad, like they shouldn't be in the tournament because they're so bad. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden. Now, all of a sudden, it's the complete opposite, right? There's pros and cons to this situation for sure. Um, I can see both sides. Like, I'm on the fence, but I I saw some good ideas around, like, on Twitter and stuff, like, some absolutely, like, reasonable ideas. But I like I like the idea of having, like, a super series, kind of like what the Junior B does. So, in Junior B, when they have that round robin, right, like St. Catherine's, Chatham this year, they, you know, you have to win – you do that round, like you do the round robin, each team played each other once, and the top two teams play in a series. I like that idea. I also like the idea, like what you mentioned, Reese, about having two weeks off. I think that's mm-hmm. a really smart, I think that's a smart idea too. Problem is, two weeks off, it's such a long layoff. One week would even be good. I think one week would even be good. Like, I think if you end on the Friday and then you start like a week and a half later on like the Wednesday, like it did this year, I believe it started on a Wednesday. But yeah, I think I thought it, it started Tuesday Monday. Was. Yeah, Monday, Monday, blonde moment. But I knew it was like on a weekday. So that wasn't Friday, which was odd, but I think that would be okay. You know, like don't um, – two weeks might kill some momentum, but mm-hmm. a week would be perfect. A week would be perfect because, on, like, the Hamilton Bulldogs, I mean, yeah, they played – they had to win 16 games. and That finals against Windsor was total opposite of what they went through throughout the whole playoffs. And it's yeah. been fun because we haven't been able to talk about that really until now, right? About the OHL finals, really. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, like Hamilton was beat up. Hamilton was beat up after that Windsor series. You know, honestly, Windsor had a hell of a series. 
Like Windsor played a really good series. Windsor wins that series against any other team in the Eastern Conference that isn't Hamilton. Like they were, they were the second best team by just a little bit, by just a little bit. They made that really close. And that's a team that was right there where if they were in a tournament like that and they were defeated to St. John, it would probably be the same result. Hamilton was beat up. Um, Steos was injured, shouldered. I mean, Cammer is Cammer really hurt in game two, getting hurt in game two of the OHL finals, Captain and the Bulldogs. But Hamilton was so beat up all season. And I know it's a tough excuse to make because you don't like, like you lost, but it sucks when you have to play, when you have to win 16 games and you lose to a team in the, your last game of the season who had five mm-hmm. weeks off. That sucks. I mean, we've been through that before in baseball, right? Like when you have like OBA, like when you get in the OBAs and you get that time off, they remember when you used to be like, you get the week off after ICBAs to go to OC, OBAs. That used to suck because you would see the host team who's automatically in there that didn't have to qualify or nothing because they hosted it. And all of a sudden you play that they go on a run in the OBAs. That's what it's almost like for like around here. Silver sticks like that too. Silver sticks like that too. You host you, like I remember the one time we played the host team in Silver Stick. Um, we got we lost. They were the worst team in the tournament. We lost. Well, we lost to we were three and zero. We were one win away from going to Michigan, which would have been sweet because of uh, obvious reasons, hockey town. But you, uh, we lost to the worst team in the tournament, and it was just we they, we were caught sleeping. But it's it's unfortunate, like it really is. But uh. I think some things will change. I really do. I love the three-on-three. Three-on-three yeah. around Robin. It sucks we didn't see more than just one. I think that's incredible. I don't like the scrape. Obviously, I get it, but you, I don't like that because it's still a long layoff. Because, let's be honest, the three-on-three could have ended like two minutes in with how exciting it three-on-three uh, three is. But that was really cool. I like that idea. I love the overtime, the three-on-three in the round Robin. I really like that. I think there should be three-on-three overtime after a triple overtime now you don't have those spot you you rarely have more than triple overtime anyways nowadays but like i think maybe double overtime go down to four or, or once you go to triple overtime then you go down to four on four then once you get a triple overtime then three on three maybe do that but i like that i really like the three on three i just think maybe do uh maybe do let the three teams play off that's hard for venues but there's really not much you can change to the tournament itself. I think it was just one of those things where, hey, the ho- like you said, the host team rarely wins. So yeah. it, just, it just happens. Yeah, and that, that's a you made a good point, Wardy, about that argument being they're never good, so what's the point? And now it's, oh, well, oh, they get that layoff. Like, why should they be in it? That's unfair. It should just be three champions. And it's like it, this is the way it's been. It's not going to change. I, I I still like the fact that the host is in it. Um, you know, if they're not in it, and I, I hate to say this, but the host Who's team being in the tournament, it draws fans. And for obvious yeah. reasons, because they're hosting Whoa. it and the fans are in the same city. <laughs> but, like, it's it, it draws money having the host team. If there were just three champions, yeah, the final may be sold out. But would Wouldn't that be, be it? Same. Like, that'd probably yeah. be it. Not like this year. Yeah, but you're guaranteed three sellouts a game, right? At mm-hmm. least. Exactly. Yeah. And the fact the fact they open the tournament with that commemorative jersey, like makes it even better. And then they get auctioned off and, afterwards. Like I I like that. That's that that's part of the tradition of the tournament. Tradition makes it awesome. Like the St. John Sea Dogs. I mean, yeah, it was odd seeing the St. John Sea Dogs uh, wearing black and yellow playing the Hamilton Bulldogs. But yeah, no, that's. It's a good way to kick it off. It's a good way to start the tournament. Big time. And it's not like it's not like it's in a bad spot. View-wise, it's not like it's terrible views. Like I think the views from what I've heard were right there with every other year that they've had for the CHL. So that's right on. Um, I know there was a lot of media in attendance, which is good. There's a lot of coverage, which is really good. You know what really sucked was how Pearson Airport can't get their bleeping stuff together i will say because that's terrible mm-hmm. like i saw i saw i forget who it was but i saw someone was in an airport for like eight hours and someone drove from hamilton to st john and like the exact same time of what it took to fly there 
Brent Pearson. That's a complete joke. So they got to get that together. But other than that, I think it was pretty good. Like there, I think St. John was a really good host. I like I like the Bay concerts there at night. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool having their concerts and stuff. Um, it was really good. But uh, just short end of the stick for Hamilton. And I like I like what Jay McKee said in the post game press conference um, when he mentioned about how Steve Steos talked to the guys after the game, and Steve said that. We're the champions of champions. We beat Schoenigan. We beat Edmonton. Those two teams, I mean, Schoenigan winning the Q, Edmonton winning the dub. You know, you're the champions of champions. You won 16 games. You got through there. Um, Jay also mentioned how he's got six out of his 18 guys playing by a string. I mean, they were just hanging on. You could tell Winterton was banged up, but mm-hmm. – he is effective, right? He was one of their better forwards at times. There were times in that there were times in the Mem Cup where Winterton was Hamilton's best forward. Um, Jan Misak, I thought, had the best play of the, the whole playoffs in the Mem Cup. There were time there were times in Hamilton this year, Reese, where we'd say, Where's Misak? And all of a sudden he gets a scoring chance. Goes to the Mem Cup, he's a driving force, right? And he was banged up. I mean, he went to the boards there awkwardly and bent his wrists there. I mean, he was banged up. There were so many guys. Steos had a fractured shoulder, I believe. He played in that play against Shawinigan there. To um, Yeah, the play against Shawinigan there, the tip in overtime for the Misak goal. That's just Nathan Steos. I was going to say, no other defenseman creates that. And, you know, and it's so like when I saw him, when I saw him going around the zone the first time, you knew he was scoring. You knew what he was going to do because he opens up those lanes. You knew there was going to be a good scoring chance, and that's just what he does. But as wing just, fans, it takes us back to what Gus Nyquist did. Yeah, against Ottawa in overtime. Yeah, but yeah, that uh, that play was that play was incredible. Um, what a what a year he's had. Um, Arbor Jack, I what a year he's had. In Colton Cameron, those three oh eight. You kind of got to give a shout out to those guys because just the way they played. Um, Hamilton went older on the back end, three OAs, um, and it worked out. Cameron, I felt sorry. I feel so sorry for him just because, like, he want, he, you know, he wants to be there, obviously. It, but it, you, you can see the pain not for him not being able to be out there with the guys, like with his buddies. That, that's kind of devastating, right? So I feel sorry for him. Um, Arbor Jack, I, I mean, Arbor Jack, I. He's a fort. He's he's a man against boys throughout the whole year. Um, he was the force in Kitchener. I like how uh, Jay McKee gave credit to Dennis Weidman on that, which was very impressive as well. He knows about development, and Arbor Jack is going to go far, far places. He's a guy that's earned everything. Eh? Like working at Costco during the pandemic, um, undrafted in the OHL, comes in at eighteen, passed through the OHL draft twice, comes. Then gets passed through the NHL t- draft twice. Goes to Montreal as an invite. Gets um, gets an invite to main camp. Then signs a pro contract. Like every step Arbor Jacki has taken to get where he is, you know, it's a surprise that no one saw that in him. Because when you look at him, you're thinking, "Oh man, this guy's a star. Like this guy's a stud. Like he's big, he's strong, he moves the puck well, he moves well." Like that. Uh, that's kind of a shock. That nobody saw that in him, but what a player. What a player Arbor Jack is. And Nathan Steos. I mean, Nathan Steos, what a guy. I mean, the interview when you had him at ice level on the last show that we played, just high energy, right in, mm-hmm. like, into it, get down to earth. Um, looks so similar to what his dad looks like. So it's kind of cool watching him play. It's almost like a doppelganger. But what a player. What a player. Um, three OAs that I want to give a shout-out to. I want to make sure I give a shout-out to because – those guys deserve to end their season with a win and because they were stars all year in Kitchener and in Hamilton and Jack Ice case. Yeah. And for, for camera, I mean, it's one of the best shots of the year you're going to see uh, with the yes. injury that he's going through. Yes. The fact that he was able to put equipment on and somewhat skate around with a trophy over his head uh, just, just makes yeah. you feel even, even better for the kid. And I mean, made you want them to win the Memorial cup that much more. Cause you would have saw the same thing. I'm sure at the national level. Yeah. I'm sure his stall was all ready to go. I'm sure that, you know, his equipment was all set up for him to put it on after the game, just 
you know, an unfortunate end for the Bulldogs, but no, Wardy, you said it perfectly three OAs and I don't think Hamilton could have used those three OA spots any better than they did uh, with three very talented defensemen. So yeah, uh, props to them, props to the entire Hamilton Bulldogs organization uh, right from the top down. Uh, They, they helped create a great OHL season and a lot of it was done through them. Yeah. Seven game series in the OHL championship held an outdoor game at Tim Hortons field. I'm pretty <laughs> sure in a lot of the home games down the stretch when, you know, we could actually have fans in the building and more than 50%, you know, the, the attendance was on the rise for the Hamilton Bulldogs this year. Uh, yeah. j- just all around, they, you know, getting a hundred points, being first placed by a long shot in the Ontario hockey league. When the Hamilton Bulldogs alone of course this is no disrespect to any of the other teams in the ontario hockey league because like you said windsor spitfires had one hell of a year as well but and that atmosphere in windsor was yeah. a madhouse like the, oh, the, my. but the hamilton bulldogs helped the ohl um get back to God. where we want it to be and having an event like the outdoor showcase at tim horton's field it was it was an ohl event for sure whether or not who was playing you know it happened to be hamilton and oshawa but you know, whoever would have played in that game against Hamilton, it just it would have been exciting all the way around. And yeah, again, props to everyone in the Ontario Hockey League for making this season happen. I think that um, you know it's it, it takes an entire team, it takes all twenty teams to get things going. I mean, we couldn't even off at the start. Like, yeah, we couldn't even watch three of them uh, in our own province to start the year, which exactly. really sucked because of. You know, all the young talent the Erie Otters had that we watched all year. You know, the Flint Firebirds being a Final Four team, they couldn't get into Ontario until, you know, a month or two into the season. Saginaw Spirit uh, have some nice young pieces. And again, it it really sucked. We couldn't see, yeah, yeah, I couldn't see those three to start the year, obviously, other than the live stream, but um, it's not the same. Yeah. And didn't see him in Hamilton other than Erie, of course. But, you know, that would have been really exciting to see Saginaw and Flint. Uh, come to the hammer come to the you know wherever around this area so i I think that's the most exciting thing for next year i think next year i think like no offense to this year because this year was an incredible year but i think next year is the year that the ohl is back to normal i hope like i think attendance wise um venue wise staff wise i think next year is the year that everything gets back to normal in the ohl just because that when you're playing the same team every night, it's not normal. It's not normal to play a team 10 times. Like, that's not normal. Like, could you imagine this year to have that? And we said this all the time. Can you imagine this year to have the London-Hamilton matchup or, yeah. the, or the Windsor-Hamilton matchup? Because that was those were the two teams we said at the trade deadline that we wanted to see play Hamilton, right? January 10th, we always said we want to see Windsor. We want to see – London against Hamilton, right? And uh, it's unfortunate we don't get, we didn't get to see those this year. But next year, that's what's going to make that's that's going to make the league a lot better place. Um, and you know that the league's a lot for, like they're fortunate to have that back. And I think this is like it'll be the first time that we have a normal season, so it's going to be exciting for that. And I uh, can't wait. <laughs> like opening night in Guelph, right? Hamilton and Guelph. Guelph's going to be a wagon. I mean, Passage Josh's going to be back. Um, by the sounds of it, I mean, obviously it's early. It hasn't your body's changed a lot through tri- through the summer? Guys put on muscle. Guys work out like crazy, right? Guys change. That's time. That's the time where hockey players take a step up in their game because they really can't change too much during the season because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. You really develop in the off season when you can skate every day and work out. You can work on the little things and really fine tune your game. Where. I think Pastajoff's going to take off because we saw what he was at the start of the year. Jilkin coming back, they're going to be a, they're going to be a wagon next year, Guelph. So that's going to be a really good opening night because Hamilton could be good as well. Yeah, your boy Cam Allen. Oh, oh, yeah, go. rookie of the year. Yeah, um, I don't know why. Well, that, a big it's deal. it's funny too. The fans in Niagara are going to experience regular OHL hockey come the start of the <laughs> year because they get their home opener and then their Michigan trip first weekend of the season. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. Hey, you know what? That's okay. 
That's okay because it's nice to get those road trips early on in the season because then you get the team bonding, get the team together. I love road trips. I love when we used to have those tournaments at the beginning, like in October, November. I used to love that we'd have those tournaments then because, like, you're forced to be with the guys and yeah. you, you're you just – you're with the team. You got nowhere to go. You're just with each other. You're watching hockey, playing video games in the hotel rooms, like – that's like you're when you were younger, you had the mini sticks out. Like, oh, hey, there were so many mini sticks, mini stick fights I've gotten into in my day. Yep. Everyone has. I think anyone that's played mini stick has gotten in a fight before. You know what? I used to, so I used to get these little plastic things as pucks and, and they hurt, but I used blocking shots. I remember oh, you I wouldn't get the a, rubber ones. No, I got oh. I'm a country, oh, I'm a country plastic. guy. <laughs> but, no, thanks. But like, I remember blocking shots. My shins would be all black and blue and stuff, and then trying to put on goalie pads and stuff and box just a nutcase. But, I mean, yeah. kind of fits that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, goalies, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's our final thoughts uh, on the Memorial Cup and the Hamilton Bulldogs. Of course, our final thoughts on the OHL season coming up at the end of the show. But we will take a break right now when we come back run through some headlines that have taken place over the last few weeks included in those are the OHL awards. Might as well do them in the same uh, category and yeah, should be a fun segment for sure. We've been off for a while and some stuff happened. Oh, Exciting a lot of stuff, stuff happened. happened. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of stuff that's going to happen as well. Yeah. I'm sure the trade window, we might do that in a separate segment because there was a lot in St. Catharines, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, we will get to that, of course, throughout the show. But when we come back, headlines from around the OHL here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Time to get to some headlines and we'll kind of start out here with a few recruitments uh, for you sports from the OHL. We will start uh, in London, Cody Morgan uh, committing to the University of New Brunswick for the 2022-2023 season. UNB also taking Mike Petesian. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kitchener so. Rangers, very busy. Uh, University of New Brunswick finding OHLers, and they usually kind of always are. Um, yeah. You know, sticking in London, they take Cameron Baber as well. So it's almost like they're getting an OHL super team as they follow things up uh, with Cole McKay from the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And as I scroll up, I'm just going to keep going through it and through it, except <laughs> I'm going to stop right here because shout out to. Yeah. Andrew Parrott, Rockford Ice Hogs, AHL contract for him. Yes, sir. Uh, Well-deserved coming over from Owen Sound, making it to an OHL final. He was very good for the Windsor Spitfires, and he's one of the guys that we were looking at saying, okay, when's the contract going to come along? And we're still kind of waiting for a couple of Bulldogs uh, to find their way. But, um, yeah, yeah, shout out to Andrew Parrott because he deserves this for sure at the Rockford Ice Hogs. Nathan Stale, by the way, Nathan Stales has a lot of interest. That's why he might be a while. He might be a guy that signs after the draft just to see the situation, see the depth charts. Mm-hmm. But Nathan Stales has a lot of interest. Also, can, you got to watch out. understand why. Yeah, also, you got to watch out for that Marley money. No salary cap, right? In the AHL, you see the Marleys do that all the time with the overrage yeah. from the Ontario Hockey League. Because Grand Rapids do that. Yeah. The Griffin's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, also, from the Hamilton Bulldogs, Giordano Biondi is headed to Guelph University, University of Guelph, sorry, um, for the 2022-2023 season. So, uh, again, another guy coming over in a trade uh, from the Sudbury Wolves and having an impact on that fourth line for the Hamilton Bulldogs. So, shout out to everyone. Uh, who committed to post-secondary education as well as to professional hockey in Andrew Parrott's case. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, big time. Uh, also uh, going to mention this. I know we're in Canada, but 
couple of guys named to the United States under 18 men's select team. Yes. Uh, Quentin Musty, the Sudbury Wolves, and Kerry Terrence of the Erie Otters, uh, both following their rookie seasons. Musty, 31 points in 50 games with the Wolves last season, part of the OHL's second all-rookie team. Of course, a native of Hamburg, New York, eligible for the 2023 NHL draft. As for Terrence, this is a fun name to try and pronounce. Aquasasny, New York. You think I butchered that? You think Here. that's spot on? Here, I'll look it up. Aquasasny. Aquasasny, New York. That's what I'm going to stick with unless I'm corrected by Mr. Ward. He was the 10th overall pick in 2000. What's the spelling? Because uh, I'm not going to attempt this. Oh, okay. Can you imagine that? Attempting to spell that right now? Oh, That'd be God. the content that was shut Yo, down you got to try and spell it. Oh, my. Got to try and spell it. So we got the A. Yeah. What, what, is, it? Oh, what huh. is it again? That's Captain <laughs> Obvious point right there. <laughs> no, what is, what's the name again? Aquasasny. So A-Q-U? Not even close. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, no, no. What is it? So A-K-W-E-S-W-E-S-A-S-N-E. A-N-E? A-S-N-E. Yeah. Yeah, no. Are we, are we seeing, seeing how Siri pronounces it or how Google pronounces it? I was thinking. I don't think Siri could pronounce this. She's probably going to go off on my phone right now because, like, on the new iPhones, when you say it, she pops up, right? For some reason. Which Siri right? do you have? Yo, that's got to be a Twitter poll. Which Siri, Which Siri voice yeah. do you have? That's an off-season poll, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. We'll pull that. We'll that's our that first up. of the. That's our first of the off-season, right there. You can vote at the OHL and sixty <laughs> podcast on Twitter. Um, which Siri voice do you have on your phone? What we'll do? Like, what are the options, anyways? I know there's, there's Australian because that's one I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Australian. I know oh, there's okay, just the so American one. Here. Um, I have a geography lesson, but so there's, so there's American Siri. There is an Australian. Yeah. What else? So we'll do American, Australian, British. Yeah. British. And then there's three other options. We got to pick one of them. There's either Indian, okay. Irish, or South African. Oh, we got to go Irish. Ooh. That's hilarious. Irish, yeah. We gotta I got go Irish, Irish blood in me, so I got to yeah. do that. Um, so Aquasan. Aquasani, here we go. Aquasani, New York. Aquasani. Don't even pronounce the S. All right. Aquasani, New York. It's a it's a border to Cornwell. So hey, OHL ties. No, that's all right. Um, quick geography lesson here from the boys at the OHL in sixty. Um. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's on the border of Cornwall. So. Already then, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah not bad. Eh? There's your geography lesson. Yeah. Uh, Terrence, he was the tenth overall pick in the 2021 OHL Priority Selection. He had 24 points in 62 games with the Otters last season. Helped the U.S. Under 17 Select Team win the 2021 U17 Five Nations Tournament in Visp, Switzerland. And the U.S. They will be in the same group as Czechia, Finland, and Germany. That is Group B at the 2022 Holinka Gretzky Cup. Of course, the pre-tournament action starts July 29th, and their preliminary round begins July 31st as they open up against Germany. So a couple OHLers yeah. play for the U.S. It's going to be cool to see. Yeah, that is cool. These summer tournaments don't get a lot of credit, obviously, because there's like, I mean, baseball season, there's a lot of stuff going on in the summer, but there's a couple of good hockey tournaments in the summer as well. Yeah, I agree. And I think this year, I mean, I'm not knocking the world juniors at all. I'm not going to watch one look of the world juniors this year. It is in August. I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) Well, I wonder how many people are going to go to the world juniors first off, because like, I'm surprised Simon Edmondson was on the list. For Sweden. I know this is quickly so, off I mean, topic. yeah, I kind of am too. And I think it's funny. I think it's funny too how the media 
is like no Raymond, no Holtz. Well, why the hell would they be there? Lucas yeah. Raymond, Detroit Redwick. Why the heck would he be at the World Juniors? Like, there's not a chance he goes. Like, training camps in a, not even a month after the World Juniors. Why would he be going to the World Juniors when training camps less than a month away? Like, come on. That's why I'm surprised a lot of the elite rookies. I'd be surprised if Mason McTavish goes for Canada. I'd be surprised. Kosa will go. Kosa will go because he needs that. He needs to have a good World Junior. Um, but it sounds like Canada is going to do the exact same lineup as what they had. And then whoever doesn't go, they kind of add guys in. So I'm sure Y Johnson will be a replacement because Y Johnson will probably go back to Windsor next year, which is a scary thought. Yeah. But if he can't play top six minutes, why the heck would Dallas keep him playing the third line? We've saw that all the time in Detroit. Obviously, they send guys down to Grand Rapids a lot and kind of overdo it. But, like, remember when they brought up Gus Knight wasn't put on that third line? It was kind of dumb. Like, it was pointless. It was really like, dumb, was, actually. Yeah. Like, And that's why I think a big part of those guys not developing into who they are. But I'm not a fan of guys that are skilled to go, come up on the third line. Like, where's Nick Roberts in that? Th- when he plays on the third line in Toronto. Where is Nick Robertson? Yep. So there's Fair there's argument. a there's a comparison, right? Like, so I would send him back. I would send him back. I mean, if Dylan Strome got sent back after getting a hundred points in the OHL, yep. Jocelyn will get sent back too. Mitch Marner got sent back. Mitch Marner got sent back from the Toronto Maple Leafs. So why not? I think the Hunter I connection he- might have had something to do with that. <laughs> Very true. A little bit. Very true. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it worked out like it was the right move, no matter who was in charge. Yeah. Like, I think I I think Johnston comes back to Windsor and I think they're just I it's interesting to see what happens, what Windsor would do, because obviously with the trades they have made, it kind of looks like they're kind of going to transition a little bit. But they have some good young guys there. I think Pierce steps up for Zito. I like you. You're a big Pierre guy, Reese. But I think Pierre steps up for Zito. Yeah, I think also Abraham does. Abraham scored a lot of big goals for them. Meet him as well. Meet him as he was well. big. He was big physically too, Abraham. Exactly. During things I think, up. I think, yeah, and that's the type of games he'll play. So I think I think that is something to watch in Windsor because I still – they got an interesting decision to do. I think they could go for it because they got those pieces there to be good for about two, three years in a row, not just this year, mm-hmm. not just next year or the year after because those young guys – like, I mean, when Pierre's 19 years old, I mean, that team's going to be a wagon. Yeah and they could do that right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I think Johnston comes back. All right. Uh, a couple more headlines to get to. The AHL champion Chicago Wolves. Man, did they uh, did they yes. have a very long list OHLers. of OHL alumni. And here is the list. Uh, we'll start in net. Dylan Wells. We saw how well he played as a member of the Peterborough Peets Niagara uh, native. Ryan Suzuki, Jameson Reese, Richard Ponick. Uh, the Belleville, Guelph, and Windsor product. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Nosen, Plymouth Whalers from 09 to 2013. Uh, Sam Militic, part of the Knights and Ice Dogs. Ivan Laudnia, part of the Otters and Ice Dogs. Uh, Josh Levo, Kitchener and Sudbury from 2010 to 2013. Uh, Josh Jacobs was a Sarnia Sting for one year. Joey yeah. Keane, Wardy, you saw a lot of him, 2016 yeah. to 2019. Uh, Jalen yeah, Chatfield, the Windsor Spitfires, big part of their Memorial Cup team in 2017. Like it was big time. There were massive names. Name. Like, yeah, massive name. It's cool to see the list of past champions because every team has a champion from the OHL. Every team has that. And it's pretty cool to see like the guys in the A because guys in the AHL are those guys that played big roles. They were like 70 point a game guys to 100 points at a time. And it's funny to see Chatfield's name come up, you know, Joey Keane, Militic. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's pretty cool to see the names like that. Because remember Sam Militic, he, was, he played on some good teams. Came up in London, played on a good team. Then goes to Niagara and plays on a good team. Like, he, he was one of those guys that was lucky, like, go through the two, three years he was in the Ontario Hockey League to be on some good teams. So that's a good one. Levo was a good one, too. Really good play, Really good player in Kitchener. And then going off to Sudbury, I remember he was always good. I got to see him play a lot going up around a lot of nights, right? You get to see Kitchener a lot. And Levo was always good. So uh, it's good to see some of those names come back. And obviously, Ivan Ladnia. Can't be more happier for a guy like yeah. Ivan Ladnia. I mean, vocal guy. guy. You, want to talk about, you want to talk about loving to win? 
I don't think anyone likes to win more than Ivan Lotnian. I mean, obviously everyone likes to win. That's why you play the game. But Ivan Lotnian is up there. Remember the game? Remember the the feature game, the Tuesday game, London, uh, London Niagara in Niagara. Remember how fired up he was in the press box, like how into it he was. I don't think he sat down the whole game. Like Ivan Lotnian has got a lot of fire. You know he wanted to be out there and. You, you love guys that like want to compete, right? And they want to be out there day in and day out. So congrats to those guys. And uh, I'm sure it's the first of many for those guys to win championships. So they're winners. Yeah. Uh, also a couple of coaching jobs. Uh, coaching vacancies have been filled. I'll start in Owen sound. Sean Tickle moves from Niagara. He becomes an assistant coach uh, with the attack as well. Uh, Wes Wolf returns to the Erie Otters uh, as an assistant coach. So a couple of guys locking up spots for the 2022-2023 season. Of course, got to talk about the four names who hoisted the Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, In terms of players, Andre Burakovsky, an Erie Otter in the 13-14 season. Of course, Nazem Kadri. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Toronto. I'm sure Colorado <laughs> is saying. Trade. That's the um, Twitter poll going. That's the Twitter picture going out on Twitter. Another trade Toronto lost. Yep. Good times. Uh, kind of takes you back to Larry Murphy leaving Toronto and then going to win in Detroit. Love well, that. That kind of that kind of started it. Yep. Good times. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, of course, former Kitchen Rangers captain. What a yeah. Nice to see him win. Nice to see him win. Obviously, get the McKinnon factor it's nice to see landis cog win what a guy yeah and then uh curtis mcdermott uh, owen sound and Erie from 2011 to 2015 so four guys on the ice and you just name quite a few guys uh in <laughs> terms of their hockey operations assistant general manager craig billington uh, part of the belleville bulls from 1983 to 1986 uh, writer joel vanderland's gonna love this uh show so many bell oh, yeah, might as well give him one there <laughs> uh the director of geez there's a lot of titles here that i had no idea even existed uh director of reserve list scouting whatever the heck that means <laughs> what, is, what is that dude reserve list scouting <laughs> brad so, do they just have reserve scouts yeah do they just have job. reserve scouts oh yeah i don't want to go yeah you know what I don't want to go to Owen Sound tonight in a snowstorm. <laughs> so we'll say so. Brad, Brad Smith, he'll he'll get somebody to get to Owen Sound. He'll, uh, someone will get to Owen Sound. Don't worry. He played uh, in Windsor and Sudbury from 1975 to 1978. Another Ooh, name: old, Pro uh, Scout yeah. Terry Martin, a London Knight from 1975. Two to 1975, and then yes, part of the too. Toronto Marlboros from 1987 to 89. Uh, Pro Scout Cody Bass, Mississauga, and Saginaw from 03 to 07. And of course, goaltending development coach. Sweet. Right handed catching legend Peter Budai, former Ooh. Toronto St. Michael's major from 1999 to 02. Hey. That, that's a good one. What a name that is. Remember when Budai had that run for Montreal? Was it Montreal? Remember he had that run in the playoffs? Halak had one. That's bugging me. Or was he in Colorado before? When Colorado I want to say, was Budai the goalie when Detroit swept them in 2008 en route to a Stanley Cup? Not a big deal. That's what I, Not a big deal. Was he the goalie for Colorado when Franzen absolutely <laughs> lit his rear end up? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. Because remember he had that playoff run. Colorado, yeah, oh seven, oh eight, yeah, back memories, yeah, yeah, that's sweet. It's cool. So Colorado, Montreal, then L.A. to finish off. He re- he played. Oh three yeah, games. he did finish in L.A. Who did I played three games in uh eighteen nineteen for L.A. Wow, he may have been he may have been on that Calder Cup winning team for Orlando. Oh, he played in Tampa Bay as well. So he went Colorado, Montreal, L.A., Tampa Bay, Syracuse to Orlando. That's where he got to L.A. So, oh, that's all right. Well, second round pick, second round pick in the National Hockey League. I feel like we got to do a random player a week that played in the O. 
I feel like we do as well. Where See where at. the heck they are. But yeah. That's a random one. That's a random one. Any if anyone has any random alumni from the OHL, tweet us. Because we'd gladly go over it because like that's interesting to me to see like where these guys are, even like some of the guys are in Europe now. And hey, congrats to Stefan Legion, Mem Cup champion for St. Yeah. John, assistant coach, former ice dog, Mississauga and Niagara, world junior champion as well. I tried to look for the picture. I don't know where I have it, but I have a picture with him as like an eight-year-old with the world junior gold medal when they won in Czech. Um, well now Czechia, but uh I have a picture um somewhere of uh with Stefan Legion. So I want to tweet that out when he won. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, congrats to Stefan too. But that's uh, another random name. But there's a few alumni that are like, it's weird where they are now that um, they're, it's hard to find now, like who they are, but tweet us if you know anybody, because mm-hmm. I'd gladly go over it. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Do like that one player a week. We'll make that a segment. We'll yeah. Like where, yeah. Like where are they now type thing? Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, one more commitment. I just missed this one. Uh, Luca Hano, AHL contract with the Hartford Wolf Pack. Yeah. Trying to also, shout that out. Overager for the Spitfires. Also, Giordano Biondi to Guelph. Yeah, I said that. Okay. I had a brain cramp. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> I've been there. Um, Wake up. Composure, God. <laughs> all right. Uh, probably the biggest headline, and we kind of saved it last for a reason. Uh, there's been a change behind the Kitchener Rangers bench. Mike McKenzie is back as just the general manager as the Kitchener Rangers have named Chris Dennis, the 24th head coach in franchise history. Uh, Dennis, of course, full article, if you want to read it on the Ontario hockey league's website, but 42 year old, he's got 10 years of NHL experience, uh, with the Leafs, uh, different capacity, capacities he was an assistant coach video coach um you know part of a staff that involved pat quinn paul maurice ron wilson randy carlisle all those guys uh he worked with in his time with toronto just a quick quote here from mike mckenzie on dennis he goes we are excited to welcome chris and the dennis family to the rangers he checked all the boxes we are looking at when hiring a new coach he has valuable head coaching experience from his very successful years at York University. And then Dennis most recently, or maybe not most recently, but spent three years in the Golden Knights organization as assistant coach with the Chicago Wolves. Um, so a lot, nice. lot of experience going behind that Kitchen Rangers bench. And we kind of thought there was a chance it might be Weidman taking that role, but Turns out, yeah, uh, they're going with Dennis here. Yeah, you would think just because of the development role that Weidman had in Kitchener, and I mean, we heard it firsthand with Arbor Jacka, and we saw it firsthand with Arbor Jacka. Um, you would think, and it wasn't just Jacka, there was numerous defensemen on Kitchener that improved dramatically throughout the season. So, uh, but Weidman still sticks around, but it's a good hire. Dennis is a good hire. I mean, look at Barry, look at Barry, right? Like his work with Barry, look at the work he's done, look at his track record. I mean, yeah. deserves to be a bench boss somewhere in. Congrats for getting your job because hey, it's hard. It's hard. And it's cool, right? You saw with Jared Bednar in Colorado winning a cup, and now being a Wings fan, you see it with Valone coming over. You know, like the, the journey to becoming a head coach is tough. And alone to be a head coach in the Ontario Hockey League, the journey to that is tough because we see so many guys that are around forever around the Ontario Hockey League that aren't going anywhere because they have so much credibility to their name. And now it's so tough to get a job there, even in Kitchener, right? Kitchener's just such a tradition organization, like the history there in Kitchener. It's a big deal to be the head coach of the Kitchener Rangers. It's a big deal to play for the Kitchener Rangers. Um, anything to be a part of that franchise, it's a big deal just because of the history they have. I mean, the odd, everything about Kitchener, just like if you're a hockey player and you're going into the Ontario Hockey League, Kitchener is definitely into your top five on anybody's list. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way it is. It's Kitchener. It's Kitchener. So that, uh, that's another thing too. That's really cool. It's nice to see him get his opportunity and it's cool to see those other stories about Bednar and stuff. So that was cool to see his journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, might as well do this before we hit the break and go to final thoughts on the season. The trade window opened. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. We'll kind of, I'll, I'll list off the trades first and then we can kind of, you know, 
dig a little bit deeper, and I'm sure this is going to turn into a Niagara Ice Dog segment. But um, oh well, hey, they made the most moves. Get your yeah. team to make more moves. We'd gladly talk about it. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we will start first move of the day officially. Uh, Joe Ranger goes from the Mississauga Steelheads to the Sudbury Wolves, a fourth round pick going back Massive to Mississauga. Uh, Will Cranley goes from Ottawa to Flint for a 15th round pick in 2026. Um, Anson Thornton moves from Sarnia to Barry. He goes with a fifth round pick. Barry sending back a second rounder, third rounder, and a fifth rounder. And a fifth rounder is the only pick uh, of the Barry Colts. Uh, that second rounder is Flint's, and that third rounder is Niagara's. And we will get to Niagara right now. Three in a row. David Jesus, they pick up from Oshawa for a fifth and a third. Well, uh, they take Guidamac from the Ottawa 67s for a fourth rounder, and they take Pappas yeah, from Pappas. the Guelph Storm, uh, fourth yeah. and a third going back to Guelph. Yeah, Pappas was a big deal. Then obviously, then you get into the Windsor move. That was, that was the move. But what a. Like Pappas is a really good pickup. Pappas is underrated. Brantford native ownership connections there. There you go. Um, David Jesus, David Jesus, David Jesus is just your defensive defenseman. You know, the Niagara Ice Dogs, and this isn't a knock at anyone with the Niagara Ice Dogs. It's not, it's not a knock at all. But the Niagara Ice Dogs really haven't had a defensive defenseman in two years since before COVID. Probably nineteen season. They really haven't had that. Def- well, I got Dakota Betts. Dakota Betts was a really good defenseman. He's above average defenseman in our league. That was just in a tough spot. Yeah, but, but he provided some offense. If you're talking yeah. like just strictly defensive, I think get in I the think lanes, two guys go- that stick out to me, and I mean, you know, Daniel Bukash being an yeah. import coming from Brandon. He was he was just a big body essentially to Chant- kind of clear Chant- the front gave of the a little net. Bit of that. Stanton gave a little bit of that. Um, yeah, there was, I mean, Jacob Paquette, of course, yeah. coming over with Robertson from Kingston. I think you go back to him and, and Bukash, and you're thinking, yeah, those are the last two guys that you're kind of thinking that, you know, we're really strictly there just to play defense. I think, and honestly, that's the move you're going to get. And obviously now with the new ownership being official with the new GM as well, connections with the owner, it's all done. Um, that's a move there where I'm not surprised to see him make just because it makes perfect sense to seeing what his track record is and players that he likes. I mean, David Jesus is a guy that's going to go. He's a guy that's going to score for you the odd time, but he's going to be defensive, right? Defensive defenseman. He's going to get in lanes for you. He's in the clog spots. Uh, you can put him in anywhere in the top three next year. He's basically what Dakota bats was for him. And it, it takes the pressure off guys like Landon Cato, Isaac Enright. And I can tell you right now, it's a massive training camp for Isaac Enright. Oh, yeah. It's a massive camp for him. Former I first round it, pick. I don't like I don't like putting pressure on kids because they're just kids. But once you turn 19, you're not really a kid anymore in the Ontario Hockey League. I mean, you're not calling Art Rajakai a kid at 20. You're not calling not, not even close. Kid. Yeah. So you're men now. So that that's something there where I'm really interested to see how Enright looks. Um, also, I like the Ryan Vanetten uh, ad as well. Local guy for me, Norfolk guy. That's cool. I got to tweet that one oh first, but what a player he's going to be. He's going to be another one that's going to, you can put him in. On, he's going to be your sixth defenseman. He's, he can play your power, play if you need him. If you're getting hurt, he's one of those guys when you get in the dog days and guys are getting injured around the league, you can slide him into that second power play unit and he can run your power play. No problem. You make a good scene pass. So, that's a guy that I'm excited to see play. Quiet. He's going to do what he's asked, and you're not going to get any BS out of him. That's the type of players that you like to have on your bench if you're a coach, just because that's what you want, right? Mm-hmm. You want that kid you can have as your sixth defenseman that you're not going to hear from. Play with a young defense. You can play with a young guy. You can play with your 16-year-old Dickinson. If, if he commits, I mean – We'll get to that because I think now I think these trades have a lot to do with uh, Sam Dickinson committing. I believe now there's definitely interest in Dickinson. I mean, he's with Chicago, but I believe Dickinson has is interested now after seeing that. I mean, you have to be. That's got to have your attention now because right now it was 100% going to Chicago. But after seeing that, doubt it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the thing. You see all these trades. If you didn't think it was official, uh, who would be making trades? So exactly, uh, just waiting for an announcement. But for anyone out there, um, if it wasn't official, probably none of this would have happened. But you, you go, you go <laughs> you there. Think, you would um, think. You would think. You would think before. Like, I would think. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it like three or four times. Or I got excited there. Yeah. But I like to regret my actions. But. <laughs> no, no, not to say it, but yes, you would think that there that there was somebody in charge when they're making moves. Who's making moves? Who would be make Who would be making these moves? Especially now, when you know oh. Sean Tico was named interim GM for well, like the last weekend of the season, and then he's not there anymore. Well, when the cat before the captain was even named, there was a there was a quote from Darren Dobler, GM the Niagara Ice Dogs. So it's not, huh? You would. Like read the fine print, please read the fine print, people. But yeah, that gets me going. Oh boy. Uh, moving on. Erie Otters sending Ryan Thompson to the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, Sioux Saint Marie sending a tenth round pick back the other way, uh, and then we're back to Niagara. Nathan, Nathan Rebo uh, goes to the Ice Dogs, a fourth and a third going back to Windsor, and then in a separate deal, future Detroit Red Wing. Yeah. Pasquale Zito heads to the yeah. Ice Dogs. Uh, Windsor, they get Oshawa's second round pick in 2023 and 2024. They get Niagara's fourth in 2024 and sixth in 2024. Uh, and then the conditional picks is Mississauga's fourth in 2024 and Niagara's fifth in 2025. Kind of saw a move coming with the Spitfires. We knew they had to move some guys out, and it ends up yeah, being him. Rebo and Zito, both heading to the same spot in Niagara. Yeah, and you know, there's more teams, too, just from Windsor. Hamilton's going to make a lot of moves. But Windsor, with their away situation next year, they had to do this. Um, it sounded like a change of scenery for Zito. That's all it sounded like. It didn't sound like – like it was kind of odd, right? You thought Windsor, Detroit, the connection there. You kind of thought a team like – Saginaw might be involved, get a veteran forward to play with uh, to play with guys like Mac Camara because obviously I think I mean you can't expect too much out of Misa right away, but um Zito a good veteran presence there. But Niagara, a great spot, great spot for Zito. He's gonna love it in Niagara. I mean, what a spot that is, right? And also it's such a with Rebo too, good defensive guy. I mean, two-way guy, but it also with Niagara, this is such a massive change of the franchise. Day. that's what it was honestly like thursday was just such a day where it's a change of a fr- it's a change of the franchise i don't think the niagara ice Dogs have had that big of a day before in the offseason i mean they went out and got legitimate players like legitimate players that we've been waiting for this for how long and that's just the new effect that's going to come in with new ownership gm i mean we hear about the coach and it's just there's more to come and it's going to be they're going to have a fun season. I mean, they're, they could be for real. It's going to be interesting, right? Obviously there's a, they, they could be because you're waiting for them, right? You have to earn it. You have mm-hmm. to earn it. And, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think in the East, right? When you go out and get some bigger guys from the West and Zito, I think Zito gets a lot of points in the East. He plays a Western hockey game, Western league type of player, right? That's what he is. So to see him in the East, I think he can boss guys around a little bit more. That'd be interesting, but you think about this year and you're looking at these players that they acquired. I mean, at least a six spot in the East next was, year for the I was going to say, it's almost a 360 degree turn from what it was last year. Like not that, yeah. not, not that there really wasn't, you know, a huge amount of excitement going into this past season for the ice dogs, but I think there you've wasn't. already surpassed the amount that you had heading you know, uh, into last year. The guys they acquired are proven. They're proven mm-hmm. in the league. You know what you're going to get from them. Where the guys that they had before, there was a couple of guys, but you didn't really know, right? There was question marks. And now it's like, okay, now we know. Like, now you know what they are. And it's interesting to see, too, because obviously Gushin, he'll probably be in San Jose. In, with, the Barracuda, with the Barracuda, but that's something there where I guarantee you new ownership is going to do their due diligence with the San Jose Sharks and have a game plan because I can tell you, can you imagine, obviously I have Denisio there, but could you imagine if you could get a guy like Gushin back? 
I doubt it. Highly doubt it. But that that's a team that then you're looking in the five spot, top five in the East. But they have the goaltending. I believe in Rosenzweig. I believe in Costanzo. I mean, Costanzo was a was one of the top goalies taken. He was almost a first round goalie, first round pick in the Ontario Hockey League draft. I mean, what a talk that is, right? So he's a player, and I'm excited to see what happens here down the stretch for the Ice Dogs because they have the pieces there. They have the pieces there. They have the roots. They just got to fl- blossom into the flower. So it's going to be interesting. A couple more moves before the window closed. London Knights sending Colton Smith to the Windsor Spitfires. Fourth-round pick coming back to London. And then Gleb, Vremyev, and Owen Sound's 12th-round pick heading to Kitchener for Brady Schwint. And that's, that's where we ended things uh, on June 30th. But it was a really fun day. Uh, Memorial Cup ends the day before, and we get a bunch of trades uh, right <laughs> well, before Canada Day. You know, it put Hamilton in a tough spot. <laughs> yeah, put right. Hamilton in a tough spot with nine. I mean, they were kind of busy year. celebrating a championship, so I think that's, that's a pretty thing, good right? excuse. Yeah, but that's the thing though. When you have nine OAs, nine next year, now they eight. But that's a tough. That's tough, right? When you got to get down to business, and now when you got to wait yeah. till after, so that's tough. All right. Time for our final break of the show. When we come back, one final thought on the 2021-2022 OHL season. Should be a fun segment to wrap things up and head into the offseason. So make sure you stick around right here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. One last segment to go before our off season officially kicks off. Cheers. It, yeah. Yeah. Right. We don't, don't have, fr- we don't don't have, have a beer to crack. Like we actually, I do. I still have six. I haven't even touched them yet. So <laughs> that was a fun they're time. They're just not cold, which kind of sucks, but uh, yeah, we discussed it during the break. About kind of what we wanted to do with our final thoughts of the season and we're going to do – well, first we're going to name our favorite player to watch from this season, who we most enjoyed watching. And, you know, in terms of – you know, one thing we're going to remember from the year, essentially, is what, what we're going to look at as well. So, Wardy, I'll start with you. Who was your guy? I'll, actually, I think I know the answer to this, but um, favorite Man, player to watch. To who did you enjoy watching? It's tough to say one, but like, you know, covering the Bulldogs, being around the team, you kind of have to stick with them, right? Just because I've been, been, was around them every home game. And I'd say Nathan Steos. Nathan Steos was just a treat to watch day in and day out. You're not going to, like, wasn't flash. Yeah, like, obviously there was some flash to his game. But, you know, like, he wasn't, like, out there vocally. You didn't hear much about him until the finals, right? That's mm-hmm. when you heard about him. But during the press coverage and stuff, you never saw him out there really. He's injured. He battled through adversity and continued to put up points and to earn it. And he was a guy before COVID. He was sneaky good for Windsor. I remember seeing him play at the Bud before COVID. And like, I was thinking, oh, this kid's good. This kid's good. He has his traits or he just seems to be in the right spot. I mean, obviously, Windsor having him play as their sixth defenseman, a guy like that as your sixth defenseman is kind of tough, right? To move up at 18 years old. You can see why he wasn't drafted. But now, it's like this kid's a star. This kid's going to be good. Uh, Nathan Steos, um, he's got to be. He's got to be my guy. Solid Who do you choice. Think? Who do you think? I thought you were going Cam Allen full on. No, that's my rookie. That's my rookie. All right, I got you. But there's a few. There's a few guys. He'd be. He'd be my fifth. I got. He'd you. be my fifth. Uh, for me, I'm going with show guest Luke Evangelista. Yeah, 55 goals on the year, 111 points. Uh, London wins their division, and I don't think they win their division uh, if he is not a London Knight. I think he made that big of a difference for them. I mean, you can look at how good Brochu was in net before he got injured. Um, you know, throughout the year, uh, we saw different guys kind of step up. I like Bryce Montgomery's name with London, but um, 
you know, Luke Evangelista was the best player on the ice, probably at least 80% of the time for the London Knights. Yeah. I think that, you know, he, he was someone that kept fans coming around because like we talked about, it was a struggle when they were going around that goalie carousel and they just, you know, they just had such big lead in their division that they ended up winning it and then falling in seven in the first round. So no, I don't, I don't think the Knights are anywhere near they were near where they were without Luke Evangelista. And he was just exciting to watch all year. And I mean, Luke watched for us seeing how many goals he could actually put up. Right. We were on, yeah, the, we were on the goal per game train. Obviously he didn't get there, but uh, he was, he was just so good and so enjoyable to watch uh, all year long. And again, it's really unfortunate to talk about it. We couldn't see the Knights and Bulldogs. Uh, go at it at all this year despite them only being like an hour and a half away yeah. from each other but uh, again with the restrictions it kind of sucked but yeah my guy luke evangelista for sure and looking back warty what do you take away from this season what did you enjoy the most what what is one part of this year where you're like yeah that was awesome so the windsor trip that we had was probably the best trip like i think we could both say the windsor trip was the best trip yeah, like, yeah, that was. We awesome. agree on that. So I'm going to say the outdoor game. I think that outdoor game might be the coolest experience I've ever went through. I mean, that was on. That was awesome. Like honestly, I remember. Like remember when we went down for warm ups and stuff down at ice level. Like you're getting goosebumps there. Right? You can see the arena start mm-hmm. to get filled, or the stadium, I guess in this case. And like we got there early, walked through on the concourse. You know, you see some of the stuff from the previous day with the Heritage Classic. And obviously with the Leafs losing, we were big Buffalo fans that day. Um, big Rasmus Dallin fans, still in Cousins, but we were big Buffalo fans Tocoso, that day. Like- I, know, I know Brad's going to love this. I know B-Cap, Brandon's going to love that quote. But, yeah, I think the outdoor game was the best. Um, it was a blast. I mean, that was the first day of the previews. We broke out the jackets. Like, yeah, that, that day, rocked the flannel. Like, it was a day that that day was awesome. So I'd say the outdoor game. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, that for that I mean New Year's Day. New Year's Day was big too, with the audio network. Yeah, yeah, that was a good part of the year. I mean, yeah, I've got a couple. I mean, phone for, call for me. Top three. I think it's no brainer. I think you go the Windsor trip for sure. Um, in my top three, probably <laughs> the sit-ups on the patio. Oh yeah. <laughs> as yeah. i just embarrassed myself <laughs> start a tradition for sure um yeah it's like midnight i'm out on the hotel patio doing sit-ups it was a fun night yeah that was hilarious <laughs> but uh i mean for me another one would be you know getting to call a couple of ice dog games early in the year yeah. making the trip to oshawa and then doing a home game against the steelhead so that's in my top three but i mean yeah i don't i, I don't think you can beat the outdoor showcase. I mean, like you said, uh, just w- what an event and you know, the amount of fans that came out to the game just made it even better. I mean, like you said, we were, we were at rank level. We, we were right at the glass for warm ups. I mean, like we were standing like five feet away from Mason McTavish. And I mean, you know, a picture right in front of him, like it media members, you can't cheer, especially in the press box. You know, obviously a bad look, but you ju- you just really want to, right? You still you're still a fan deep down, and um, <laughs> that's a tough one to playoff run. Yeah, when when you get into a situation like that where you know they're taking it outside, like it's too, they're throwing it back with the jerseys, going with the yellow for Hamilton, and then the throwbacks for the Oshawa Generals. Like that was just that was just a fun day overall as as a hockey fan. And Patrick Lever with the stick, yeah, the same stick. It's just it, it was a, it was an incredible day. Again, Tim Horton's field uh, was awesome, and who knows when we're going to get another OHL outdoor game? Yeah, I mean, so. we're, yeah, good, good point because like what a like what an experience that was. Like I'm speechless about that. Like that whole night was a blur. That whole day was a blur. Like it was so it was such a good experience. Like. I'm so glad, like, and like thankful to be a part of that. And um, that was really, it was really fun. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Again, shout out to Reed Duthie for everything throughout this yeah. entire year. And I mean, I, t- after the Mem Cup ended, our first official full season was in the books. I mean, we did a lot of thank yous uh, in our 100th episode, but 
uh, with the yeah. season officially being over and by season, we mean the Canadian hockey league season. Um, yeah. Just huge shout out to everyone again, first full year in the books. And it's unfortunate it took yeah. this long to get that first full season, but uh, it was very enjoyable. A lot of highs for us. Big time. There wasn't a lot of lows this year. I don't even recall, but other than the no, other than the no fans, it kind of sucked. It sucked going to the games to no fans, but that it was a really good experience. Thank you to you, the listeners as well. I mean, number one supporters, right? Like it's huge. Yeah. And uh big thanks to Reed Audio Network New Year's Day. That was big. I mean, it all started with a call last summer. Last, oh, last August, summer at my last cottage. Yeah. Month we gotta celebrate that call when preseason oh, it God. was during the preseason. That call was awesome. I mean, yeah. I was I was kind of in the canes a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I don't remember a lot of that night. <laughs> just remember the call, except the phone call that was and the dinner man game. oh the dinner i had was so good Ooh, it was top notch solid yeah. steaks you always, that were cooked Ooh, hey you always remember the dinners you absolutely dinners. but yeah absolutely. what an experience it was also i want to quickly say good luck to all the show guests too this week we're in the nhl draft i mean obviously for us gavin bryant big big good luck man yeah. Um, we're going to get the sandbagger going probably two weeks from now. So that's going to be exciting. Him and Bo Jelzma to draft eligible guys, by the way, Bo Jelzma doing the Barry Colts video that's out on the Colts YouTube must watch, must watch, takes them, takes them through what it's like to live around here. Perfect video, perfect video takes them through the cattle cow barns. That is, um, but yeah, what an experience, what a, what a video that is, but good luck guys. Good luck. Brett Rochu, Panofemus, Ty Nelson. Um, so many guys. Good luck as Reese celebrates the Tigers win. No, Eric Haas home run. Oh, Let's so go. they're winning by more. What, so, five, hey. three now at the time. Oh, Ooh. Soto come in and shut it down for you. But yeah, what, a, um, good luck to you guys. Um, Brett Rochu pulling for you, Brett Rochu. We're pulling for you. Yeah. I mean, I remember last year being devastated in the seventh round, being so nervous. I mean, pulling for pulling for Rochu. I mean, he's a guy that deserves. It. He's a guy that deserves to get drafted. He deserves. He deserves all the success. Uh, so many show guests in this year's draft. I'm blanking on names, but good luck to all you guys in the Ty draft. Ty Nelson. Yeah, Ty Nelson, Panofemus. Um, just have a good time. Enjoy it. You drafted once. And uh, good luck to you guys because uh, y'all deserve it. You, know, you guys were all great guests with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to always stay around the arenas this year to catch up with the show guests after the games. Uh, we saw Squally there, Zito in the hotel lobby at the, ho- at the yeah. hotel there. So that was a good one. But um, what an experience it was, and good luck, guys. I think that's all I got. Yeah. yeah thanks for the support to the listeners, too. It's off season time now. Rishi Margarita. Perfect way to end the show. Margarita makers fired up, ready to go. Uh, the off-season schedule kicks off now. So, oh, oh, what are you quick, missing? Quick, quick! Tomorrow, happy birthday! Happy Thanks, birthday! Appreciate it. Wet Wednesday, the Reese Dumaney, twenty-four years old. Happy birthday, Miguel Cabrera, years old. Hey, hey, Miggy. Right, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got a cane for you. That's hey, had a boy. Let's go. Yeah. All right. On that note, thank you so much for listening to the 101st edition of the show. And with it being the off season, we will chat again in 14 days.